0: My name is Ivan, and you guys are listening to Paper Stack Audio Experience. It's a show where we bring on great minds and inspiring entrepreneurs to provide our listeners with valuable and actionable content. I'm super stoked for today because we have this amazing guest. Her name is Salma Hamidi. Uh, she's currently co founder and CMO of Colas Kitchen, which is the only fresh dog food that is individually balanced based on your dog's nutritional needs. Previously for more than six years, she served as a marketing director for healthy food restaurant chain, Crave Healthy Habits. Salma and her company, Kola's Kitchen, appeared on Toronto.com, Toronto Star, Toronto Guardian, Whole Magazine, Go Solo, Bay Street Bull, and more. Collis Kitchen is a winner of the Best Pet Food Subscription Award in the Canadian Business Awards 2022. Salma is RBC's Woman of Influence nominee. And on top of all that, she's an incredible ballroom and Latin dancer. Salma, thank you so much for doing this I for
1: put us. That in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Salma, thank you once again for doing this. I really appreciate your time, you know, and let's just jump right into it. You know, I tried to put as much as I could into the intro, but I want to ask you as to what is it that you do, you know, how you started this journey and where are you going with this business? What's the mission?
1: Amazing. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, So what we do, you actually explained it pretty well. We do individually balanced fresh dog food. In simpler terms, I guess it's personalized dog food um, for each dog, for each unique dog and it's a subscription based service. How we started on this is actually quite an interesting story because this was not supposed to be a business. (laughs) It was supposed to be a solution for ourselves that then turned out to become a business. So I used to have my, uh, my family, we used to have um, this beautiful Doberman named Max that unfortunately throughout his whole life, he struggled with multiple health issues, coats, skin issues, different growths. Um, and at the end, he passed away from a disease called DCM that I'll get into it in a little bit. But throughout his life, whenever anything would go wrong, and he was on some of the highest quality kibbles on the market. The best thing that we could feed him at the time or we thought so. And uh, whenever whenever something would come up, we would be told by his vet to add um, salmon to his diet or salmon oil or fresh chicken or just fresh ingredients. Um, And then at the end, as I mentioned, he passed away from DCM. Around the same time, FDA had started this investigation um, into um, a number of kibble brands um, that they thought at the time are contributing uh, to this particular disease. And uh, that research is ongoing and it has changed and shifted as well. But that's kind of how we started. We had rescued Cola at the time and uh, we wanted better for him. We wanted to make a change. It, it was kind of sad that, uh, that Max struggled so much and we contributed um, at least part of it to diet. And uh, so we started researching, like I guess most dog parents do. And uh, during our research, we decided at the end that we wanted to feed Cola fresh food and we wanted to cook for him. Keep in mind that at this time we had Crave Healthy Habits, it was running beautifully. Uh, we were really busy with that. We were not looking for another business. Um, so we started this research and we're like, okay, we're going to cook for Cola. And if you are a dog parent that have set foot in this path of, I want to cook for my dog, you will very quickly find out um, through your research that it can be very dangerous for you to just put things together um, in a a non-formulated, non-balanced way and feed it to your dog. It can actually um, be more dangerous than feeding your dog commercial diets, right? So we're like, okay, let's find a vet nutritionist or, or an animal nutritionist to come up with some recipes for cola specifically and we are going to cook those for him. So my brother, Sina, got connected to Dr. Gudayzi, which is our partner right now. And uh, it was just one of those things of right time, right place, right group of people. Through him, we actually learned about the power of individually balanced diets. It was the center of his research for many, many years. And um, we we just figured out that we can help many dogs with our background in Knowing how to operate um, mass scale food production and his background in terms of the science of it all. Also, another teammate of ours, uh, another co-founder of Coles Kitchen, uh, Omi Taravi, which is the full stack developer behind the technology that goes into what we do. He was also in um, in a transition period, so right team, right uh, right things, and we joined and we started uh, to look into how we can make this. A reality for other dogs so essentially instead of one person going to one nutritionist getting one or multiple recipes, we can do this in real time for multiple dogs. uh, Through the technology that we have that we have developed and where we're going with this is we want to reset how people think about dog food and what we should feed about our dogs, so a large change.
0: Damn damn. This is super interesting. Um, when did you know this is a business? You know, because like you just said, you never planned. You just wanted healthy food for your new dog, Cola, right? So when did this click in for you guys? Was there like an aha moment at some point?
1: Yes. Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. So the aha moment was when we started Crave Healthy Habits, we were at sort of the same juncture where there was no healthy fast food option for people. Right, so um, you had to give up either your time, so sit down at a restaurant to have a healthy meal that is, you know, that is good for you and is tasty. You had to give up something to be able to do that. For fast food, you had freshie maybe at the time, and uh, that was that was kind of doing it. And so we had been at this juncture before where there was research being done into something needs to change, right? In human food at the time, right? That we need to eat better if we want to live a better quality of life, if we want to live longer, um, and all that, right? And we saw how that developed over the years. Change of that, of that significance and, and of that size takes time for sure, right? But because we have been there where we're like, um, this is the time, this, is, this change is going to happen with or without us, right? Um, so we feel the same. And at some point, the aha moment was when we felt the same about dog food, just by the sheer volume of search on Google, uh, that people are looking into dog food, what's best to feed, um, what's wrong with processed dog food and all of that. You can see that people are actually looking into feeding their dogs better. They're at the same juncture that it's time to do the same thing for our dogs. And that's that's the moment where we're like, okay, this is a business. We can do this for many, many dogs. And we can be a part of this larger change later on, even though it might take time, but uh, we can definitely be uh, one of the pioneers of this change.
0: Wow. Do you think we will ever have like a uh, fast food drive-through for dogs?
1: <laughs> Cola would love that. <laughs>
0: cola would love that definitely look um on I'm, i've been actually on a personal mission to cut out sugars as much as i can and uh it's been two months so far and what i've realized is that it's incredibly hard not from the craving side but because they're actually everywhere and it's like nearly impossible to fully avoid them so you know and we as humans are aware that okay sugar is not so good in large amounts you know but i feel like the, you know, the dog food industry is not there. So are there sugars for dog that are in obsessive amounts in their food right now, but maybe that we as regular humans or like me are not aware of?
1: Yeah. So for humans, we're already like crossed that path of getting rid of preservatives, getting rid of artificial additives to our food, getting rid of artificial coloring to our food, processed food, canned food as the main source of nutrition, I mean, we've already gone past that hurdle. So now we're looking into other things that are har- that are harming us. For dogs, we have not. It's so loosely regulated, the pet food market, that for dogs, we're still way behind what we're trying to get rid of in dog food. And we can't seem to do that through processed dog food, whether it's canned kibble, um, all, generally all commercial dog food diets is preservatives first and foremost the products are shelf stable for over two years what kind of um how nutritious can that be to begin with we can't get rid of additives we can't get rid of um really really bad processing of dog food um in like high heat we can't get rid of those very very simple and basic elements which is what we're trying to do well we're trying to do a lot more than that but that's definitely one of the first things so in commercial dog food you're trying to get rid of the basics and you just can't escape it unfortunately low quality meats um byproducts meals powdered chicken things like that so um basics
0: (laughs) (laughs) because it's a common thing i see a lot of people just feed dry food to their dogs you know like all day long so is this something like equivalent as if a human would eat I don't know chips and fries all day is that something similar
1: I wouldn't say chips and fries because of course um, it's nutritionally more uh, dense and balanced than chips and fries we do compare to that when people ask us about teeth and whether people cleans their dog's teeth and we're like it's the same as chips would clean your teeth as humans. It doesn't do that. It's just a myth. But in terms of uh, nutrition, I wouldn't compare it to that, but I would compare it to eating McDonald's or canned food for every single meal, right? And also the other aspect of it is not not only are you eating junk food that has God knows what in it. uh, The second part of it is as humans, we keep eating different meals, right? So if we're not getting something in one meal, we'll probably get it or make make up for it in another. As dogs, they are eating the same thing day in and day out. So if there are deficiencies or if they're in excess of anything, it'll build up, right? And it can translate into all sorts of diseases, all sorts of problems and issues in dogs.
0: Understood, understood. I just want to circle back on one thing. Uh, You mentioned the FDA investigation on certain brands. Um, any update on that? Is that still ongoing? Did they get somewhere with that?
1: Yeah, so that is still ongoing. I think at the at the time when Max got sick and it was the beginning of uh, of this investigation, this FDA investigation, it was believed that grain free diets are to blame for that. And um, and as it evolved, it changed into different things. We get asked about that all the time, because again, this became, uh, media picked it up and this became a really big thing for dog parents, rightfully so. So we get asked about that a lot and um, and how we explain it is that it's not necessarily the lack thereof of grain or existence of grain. It comes to, DCM generally has a genetic background as well, but, but where diet is concerned, it comes to diet formulation. Are you uh, using, uh, peas, legumes, and like all that to to make it the main source of protein for your dog or not, right? Are you just using grains as fillers or not? So it comes, uh, it, it's more about diet formulation and how these ingredients are used versus the existence of them in diets altogether. But that investigation it has not concluded generally, but, um, and, and it's ongoing
0: i guess it's a a very hard thing to prove anything there because it's so like not you know so shaky i would say you know it's it's like they're not necessarily breaking the law but it's kind of like is it that good or is it not that good that's how i see it i don't know if i'm right or not here
1: like i mentioned generally pet food is really really not regulated so it's a scary thing when you when you get to the depths of it uh of what you must have in your food to make what claim, what words you can use that have no legal basis, um, basically. But, um, you know, dog parents just read something off a label or off a packaging and they're like, oh, this must be great dog food, right? They're saying so-and-so, or they're using so-and-so ingredients. And it can be very, very manipulative, which is one of the things also that we're trying to change to be very transparent um about about the food that we're sending from showing them how we make it how we formulate it um everything you can actually pick out the ingredients in our food
0: yes that's i, I had a question about that but i think we need to move on but uh, i was gonna ask if there's a lot of mislabeling happening in that industry you know whereas like they're claiming that it, it's all like sorry go ahead
1: 100%. There's, there's a lot of mislabeling because there's, there's actually a really good article about labeling tricks in the dog food industry, and uh, it's about the use of certain words. So what gives you the right to, for example, use the word organic? Does it even have to be organic, right? What yeah. gives you the right to use the word high protein? Is, that, is high protein even good? For your dog you know or is it just putting pressure on your kidney it's just while well, dog parents are obsessed with feeding their dog's meat and dog food companies have figured this out so we're like we're just gonna put high protein in there and they're gonna buy it and there's like there's different things there's also um, if we get into it it's a really long topic <laughs> <But> <laughs> labeling uh, labeling tricks if anybody's interested into looking more into it you can just google labeling tricks for dog food uh, industry and there's gazillion articles about it.
0: We'll we will attach it in a video somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, going I actually send you a good link that you can attach.
0: Yes, please do because we will actually put it in. Wow Salma, wow this is can this can be a very long conversation about the dog food industry. But uh let's bring it back a little bit, okay? So us Kitchen, you guys, uh, you founded with your brother and I know you worked with your brother before. So I have a brother too. I work with my brother and there, uh, you know what, there are some challenges working with a family member, right? So you guys co-founding a company and running it together. I mean, you got to spill me some juice. How do you guys do that? You know, are there some tricks? What's the secret there? Tell me. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, we get asked this all the time, either in settings like this or just generally. So many people these days are starting businesses with their you know, spouse, their family, and, it's, and it is tough, right? Um, I think now we're in a really, really good place where I actually think that if I were to ever, if we were to part ways and I have to work with somebody else, I would actually be very sad because we work very, very well together now. Um, so even the things that weren't in place to begin with they have they have improved significantly so we have a very good working relationship together but because we get asked about this I have given a lot of thought of what makes our situation work I guess and some things were there to begin with and we didn't really have to work at it but I'm going to mention it because it's something to look for when you're starting a business with anybody, really, but especially with a family member, because if it's with a stranger, you just part ways and doesn't matter. If it's with a family member, of course, you know, it's different. I think one of the things that was there from the beginning for Sina and I, and it's important for it to be there for everybody else that is starting something together is we both wanted the same thing. We were aligned in what we wanted, how hard we were willing to work for it and what we were willing to uh, do to get it right? So we never got to a point, the reason why I mentioned this is I hear a lot when family members that come and talk to us, I hear a lot that after some time, they get to the point of resentment, right? I'm working harder than him. I'm putting more, I bring more to the table, so on, so on and so forth, right? So I think we never really had that problem because we Both work equally hard and we're both down to sacrifice just the same amount. So we never uh, had that problem to begin with. Um, So I think that's an important conversation to have. And also it's fine if you don't, if you're not willing to put the same amount in the business, you know, one of you really wants it and wants to work at hundred percent. The other person wants to, I don't know, prioritize it a little bit less, but it's important to know from the beginning. So everybody's clear on expectations of each other. I think that's one of the things. The second thing is, again, this was there for us. And, but I think it's important to look for it. Sina and I, and this is what everybody says generally about founding groups. And they're like, this is what you should look for. We have complementary skills and interests with each other. So we don't really clash. and And also we bring very different things to the table which makes us a really good team. And over time that trust was built. So before we used to like, get into each other's <laughs> little areas, <laughs> But I think over time, we, we now trust each other's ability, skill set, and all of that. The thing that wasn't there from the beginning that changed for us was we're brother and sister, so we're very comfortable with each other. And whenever we would have a disagreement, uh, arguments would escalate. <laughs> and they would, <laughs> they would not be productive, right? We would just like have a fight, not really you know communicate the whole day and then tomorrow nothing got solved whatever we still disagree we still argue but we have learned how to sh- how and when to shift that into a productive conversation of you're just mad because of so and so but let's solve the problem um so i i think yeah i think those are those are the main things
0: this is it is a, f- a very reflective story too because whatever you said like we, ha- we have a fight and then nothing gets resolved until tomorrow same thing, you know. Anytime there's a disagreement, I snap back into myself, and I'm and I'm just having a brother to brother talk, and it's like seventeen years ago you did this, and it's like, oh my god! Look, uh, on the same brother sister note, how important is it to put money aside, you know, when working with a sibling? Do you guys go through this?
1: I put money aside, what do you mean?
0: Meaning like, you know, business is business and the main objective of business is to make revenue, right? To make profits, you know, and sometimes, uh, at least that's what happened to me in the past, some decisions that I had to make would maybe put profits, you know, aside a little bit, but keep the relationship on a better note, you know, so is this something you guys had to deal with ever or you kind of, you know, you're aligned in that sense?
1: I think we're aligned mainly because we have different areas that we handle and control in, in our business, and then there are certain decisions that we make together, right? So we don't make every single decision together. There are some decisions that I make, there are some decisions that he makes, and and we kind of um, just explain it to the other one. I did this because of so and so. I did that because of so and so. And then there are some decisions that we make together, right? The ones that we make together, well, they're they're simple. We are we should be aligned by the end of it, or one of us should trust the other right? Um, When it comes to decisions that are done separately, I think it's, this is what I was, this is what I was saying that it developed over time. We now trust each other enough that if I made a decision, even if he thinks it's flat out wrong, he might say why, why he thinks it's wrong and that might actually change my perspective or vice versa. But, uh, but if, If after having heard him or after him having heard me, we still decide that no, the right path is that, then that's it, that's the source of trust. We do have enough trust in each other right now to do that. Even if it fails and sometimes it fails, you know, not every person is 100% successful in every decision, right? That's why building that trust is important. And I think it's built differently, right? Like for us, it was just me and Sina and I both seeing how much effort the other one put into educating themselves, into attending different seminars, classes, certifications, this, that, reading, just what the industry is about. Um, so now I trust Sina's knowledge on certain topics and Sina trusts mine, right? Um, and I think like that that makes it easier for us not to really have to struggle with what you just described.
0: I got it. I got it. Something I need, I definitely need to work on with my brother. <laughs> Something I definitely need to work on. And by the way, his name is Sina Hamidi, right?
1: Sina Hamidi, yeah. I'm going to
0: attack him somewhere here as well. Awesome. Awesome. Look, Um. I mean, you guys are running a very, I would even say emotional business, right? You're helping pets and pets are so damn cute. And like, you know, anytime I see them on TikTok or Instagram reels, I just can't pass by. So tell me about a story, you know, where maybe you had a, you know, where a client or a situation touched your heart within the business, you know, tell me about one of those.
1: Oh my God, I have so many. So because we're a subscription-based service, we have, uh, we have a relationship with our customers. And especially because we're in the first year, Um, I, uh, both Sina and I tend to actually make that relationship ourselves, even though we have people that handle customer service. So we do talk to a lot of our customers. But if I were to tell you one story, and it's it's actually kind of interesting, because I don't think she knows the ending of it. And if she hears this, it will be interesting. We had, um, so our phones, um, our phones, Online, it gets redirected to our personal cell phones right so although there are uh times that people can call because it comes to our cell phones like if i don't know especially in the beginning i would pick up on an 11 p.m call because it would be rare and i'm like well you know there must be something so i remember that there was the there was one of our uh a dog mom that called us i think it was like 11 or 11 15 at night as I picked up the phone, she just started crying right away. She just started crying right away. Her dog was, uh, was pretty sick at the time, wasn't digesting uh, the food. They He had not had eaten anything in about like two to three days. They were continuously just giving him chicken and rice. That's the only thing he would eat. Uh, he had multiple other health issues as well. And, uh, and she was just so desperate to get something going um, and, and to see if we can be of help or anything. And I remember this was a Thursday. So we had already closed our orders for the week, but we had an operation that weekend. So I'm like, let's, let's try. I'm just going to somehow push you into this operation for this weekend. And she lived quite far. She lived in um, quite far from us, like about an hour and a half. So I remember that we produced her food Saturday morning. Um, I drove personally to take the food uh, to this dog and um, fast forward like four or five days, we were in communication of how to transition to the food. Her dog, her her dog's name is Milo. Milo took to the food very well from the beginning slowly. And uh, and I think it was about a week, uh, during the week we were in touch, Um, And about a couple weeks later, she gave me a call. She had my personal cell phone at that point We were in touch, like two friends. (laughs) And then uh, she just gave me a call. I was driving and, and she just started crying again and my heart dropped. I'm like, something has happened to this dog. And she was just crying because her dog was doing so well. And she's like, I've never seen him have so much energy. And it was such a short amount of time and generally we focus on being a preventative measure versus a solution. So um, we, we don't even advertise this, but just the difference that, that this had on her life and the dog's life, I remember I hung up. This is the part that she doesn't know. I had a particularly rough week that week and I was driving. As I hung up, I was just so overwhelmed that I pulled over and I was bawling my eyes out. Ah. <laughs> I was just overwhelmed with, with, you know, it's one dog and I know it, but I was just so overwhelmed that we were able to make such a difference in that dog's life and in, and in her life. And, uh, she's with us now. Her dog's doing very well. Um, she has a second dog now that's with us as well. So this is probably one of the best stories that I have.
0: Wow. Shout out to Milo. Milo (laughs) is doing better. at that moment when you pulled over right what was because you said you were you know blowing your eyes out and like you were just you were have you were having a moment what was the realization at that moment what was the hit if you could remember
1: oh i remember that moment perfectly the realization was that week especially like when you have a startup or a new business there are many days that things are going wrong there's fires everywhere and it just seems like it's never ending that everything is really, really, that nothing is working the way that you want it to. And it was one of those weeks. The the we always say that the highs are really high, but the lows are also very low. And that week I was just so frustrated, just things were not working out. And after hearing that story, it's like everything just shifted for me. It made it, all of it worth it. You know? And it was just that moment where I think it was just the stress of. The days before and also the realization that this is why we do this you know this one dog, this one woman and it was just it was overwhelming for me.
0: That's amazing that's amazing so that's exactly when you were like this is definitely worth doing
1: <laughs> Yes I, I knew there was definitely because <laughs> <work, right? laughs> my own dogs have been eating this for many years now right
0: <laughs> <But> <laughs> hey, I almost want to try that food I wonder how it tastes Can a human eat that food?
1: of course we always actually tell our dog parents. we're like give it a try so you have a taste for it you know because it's only human grade food we don't add anything else it's just balanced for a dog so um it's it's not like balanced for a human so not you know not something to have uh, day in and day out for a human but it's actually pretty delicious I'm not gonna lie
0: this is a difficult production from a business standpoint because when you have processed food right you just kind of make a lot shelve it and then you deal with it but you guys deal with fresh right so how much how difficult is it really is to keep up with production and like ingredients and everything especially during covid times
1: Mm -hmm. um so this is where our background really really helped us right we had we had operated mass scaling of food production so we knew how the production lines of that should operate for us to be a really really low waste production um, both in labor and also like in in product itself Um, we have of course like during the year we have made many adjustments to make ourselves more efficient while not affecting the quality of the product Definitely a tougher production than processed food, um, but, uh, but, but we're slowly figuring it out. Uh, there's definitely ways around it and there's definitely ways of handling it and managing it. And as you grow and as you can automate a lot of the processes as well, um, it becomes even faster and even quicker uh, when it makes sense for you to make that investment into automations and, and all that. But right now we have a really good thing going. We, uh, we get to produce a, a ton of food in one production event. And um, we can probably grow to quadruple of our size in the same facility that we are right now. But we are already making plans for our next move and our next chapter. So
0: Good yeah. for you. I love this, the entrepreneurial spirit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. What's the one of, you know, What's one of the most challenging parts in your business right now?
1: The most challenging part in our business right now is actually the same challenge that we had in the beginning of crave, where when you're trying to change a sizable behavior, so a behavior that has been there for decades, feeding processed food that is convenient and it's cheap, when that change is about to happen, it takes time, right? It takes time. It has pushback. And that's probably the most challenging thing. But we know where that we're at that intersection right now. And we see how people are um, are looking to learn about it and to change. And, and sometimes, you know, it, it's not possible for them to make a full switch, pricing, different things, but they are willing to learn and that we can see that behavior change um, take place. So it takes time and it's slow. Um, that's probably the most challenging part about it, but we already see a really, really nice trajectory and a nice shift in how people and like dog parents are thinking about dog food um so the future is very very hopeful
0: that's good yeah honestly all about awareness the more you guys bring you know the more people will learn and i think that's where it will really have an impact but look i like i've seen uh, and let's face it there's a lot of healthy foods healthy dog foods on the market right and I'm, i even think there's some fresh foods as well right So what makes you guys different? You know, what is it so different that you guys do?
1: Yeah. So the dog food industry has multiple problems, right? Like multiple layers of the problems. And a lot of the fresh dog food producers that are on the market right now are solving some of those problems, right? Uh, Which is great already. We actually love that we have competitors because when you are making a change this sizable, it's actually more helpful if you make it as a group, right? So um, that's definitely helpful. But... So the part that they're solving majorly is that they're solving the preservatives the the added uh, the, the additives to the food the quality of ingredients for example right some of them there are questions about the formulation and you know whether you're leaving the dog well taken care of or not we're not really talking about those we're talking about the ones that are formulated better so the problem that they're not solving is that Generally in processed dog food or in fresh dog food, uh, they they use this thing called bulk feeding strategy. So what it means is that in its best case scenario, you're making three really large batches of food for life stages of dogs. So one really large batch of food for puppies, one really large batch of food for adults and seniors, right? And then you're feeding more or less of the same batch to every dog, right? Small, big, castrated or not, based on their weight most of the time, right? And not based on all the other things that that actually matter, right? Um, So where we come and we're different is that we're not making large batches of food. We're actually making individual batches for every dog. And that way we are able to really control um, what we give them. So they are not left in excess or deficiencies of, um, of essential nutrients of any sort, right? Because in bulk feeding strategy, what you're doing is you have to take into consideration many, many dogs of different activities, different weights, different breeds and all of that. So you have to generally balance it. You can't really um, take care of one particular dog, right? So you are leaving some of them deficient, some of them in excesses and those build up over time and translate into different diseases and different um, different ailments. We are able to solve that problem by making small batches personalized for that dog. So none of our dogs are in excess or deficiencies of anything really.
0: Well, wow, that's a lot of information to process. <laughs> you
1: have to
0: rewatch the replay to get a roll. But I, I love that, uh, no, I loved it, honestly. Bulk feeding strategy, that's what they're using and what you guys solving is changing a sizable behavior. That's such a cool saying. <laughs> <laughs> say wow some I know we have a little bit of time left and I'm kind of done with my questions I loved it all we're gonna to move to something cool that we're trying out here it's rapid fire questions okay I'm gonna ask you questions answer quickly one word one sentence but just quickly don't think about them too much um, let's get it going okay the first rapid fire question is gonna be one thing people misunderstand about you
1: they think I'm an extrovert
0: you're not <laughs> I thought that too. Okay. Okay. The next one is going to be fun. That. If, is there an insult that you've received, but you were actually proud of?
1: I was told in a meeting once that I thought like a woman. And I'm like, damn right I do.
0: <laughs> That's wow. <well>, okay. <laughs> I like that actually. Um, Wake up super early or go to sleep super late. Which one are you?
1: That changes for me. But right now, wake up super early. Wake up I, not super yeah. early.
0: Yep. I love that too. Honestly, I get most of my work done from four to 12. That's like the best time ever. Yeah. Anyways, that's a little show-off moment for me. Um.
1: <laughs> really early. I didn't mean that early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I wake up at 11. That's early. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. Um, do you have any sort of to-do list or everything is in your head?
1: I do have to-do lists. I have to-do this for the weekend. I have to-do this for, for the day. I, I use this app called TickTick that helps me be organized. Um, but I do leave my schedule pretty flexible because things just come up and, and I have to figure them out, but I do have a to-do list.
0: Shout out, Tick Tick, Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any mentors right now? Like actual business mentors?
1: I do. Yes. That's I have good. a marketing mentor and a business mentor and well, Sina and I both do.
0: Wow. This is what I want to hear. Okay. <laughs> Three people, dead or alive, whatever you want, that you want to have dinner with.
1: Ooh. Okay. Paul English, the founder of uh, Kayak. He's one of my favorite entrepreneurs of all time. Um, if you don't know who he is, go. Well, this is a podcast, um, How I Made This or How I Built This. Uh, that episode. I think it's How I
0: Built This. I think it's How, how, I, built it.
1: It. Yeah, how I Built This with Guy Ross. That, that episode is just great second person would be misty copeland the ballerina okay and the third is not a person i want my dog i want max at the dinner
0: (laughs) oh that's that's
1: good food now
0: (laughs) max shout out max we love max salma i'm done with the questions honestly this first of all i i've learned a lot of things about pet food now okay And I never even looked at an industry as something, you know, to look at, but now I'm like, okay, there might be, you know, issues the same as we have in our regular human food industry. Super cool. Salma, thank you so much. Thank you so much for giving us your time. We want to wish you all the luck and all the success with your business because we think you deserve it. Uh, She's also an incredible dancer. So if you guys are learning to, uh, looking to learn bachata or ballroom, she's the lady, okay? And if you have a dog.
1: The other day called me to ask me for something and then it's like, can I ask you something? I'm like, why? He's like, do you dance? And I'm like, I do. (laughs) How do you know? He's like, I'm sorry, but I Googled you and then some things popped up.
0: (laughs) And some bachata social is popping up.
1: Yeah, it was funny.
0: That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's funny. Salma, yeah, this is it for us. Thank you so much. We know we have a busy day, so we'll let you go.
1: Much. And um, this was great.
0: It was, it was.